No, you make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> It is Tuesday Night Podcast, the podcast that's all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and under the gaming table. Episode 135. Hey, how's it going, Sean? It's great. We're having fun. I'm here in rainy, rainy Cleveland. You're in Cleveland, meaning that we're live face-to-face with one another. When's the last time we got to see each other face-to-face? Oh, wow. Was it BGGCon? Was it all the way in November? Really? Yeah, no. Really? December, it's Christmas. January, I think I went out of town. February, it's Valentine's Day. March, we started really hammering down on... um, That's not lemonade? That's not lemonade. Which we should talk about this episode. Oh, good idea, good idea. April, now it's June. Yeah, I don't think we've seen each other. Since November? Damn, let's math that up. (laughs) And then you carry the two, and then you, with a plus. That's half a year, bro! That's the long winter. That's the longest we usually go without seeing each other. The winter is long and cold. Wow. All right. We have origins coming up. Origins. What do we have to do for origins? What do we have for origins? What's for sale at origins? Yeah, we're bringing a whole bunch of stuff. We're bringing World Championship Russian Roulette. We're bringing Two Rooms and a Boom. We're also bringing Mothership, uh, my sci-fi horror role-playing game, and Necroboomicon, the first expansion pack to Two Rooms and a Boom. Yeah! Necroboomicon. We're also going to be demoing That's Not Lemonade. And what's our booth number? 645. 645. Maybe Lindsay Road will listen to that and try to assassinate me this time, but unsuccessfully. You could have my back to make sure she doesn't kill me? I probably won't even notice the whole thing has happened. Have you ever noticed the thing going on? I know that we've like been aware and like keeping an eye out, but she doesn't usually get you, does she? She has never gotten me. No. Maybe that's why I'm such a lax bodyguard, is it's like guarding Bruce Lee. <laughs> The first time I ever heard about assassination, I was in like middle school and the high schoolers were telling us about how they played it with squirt guns. You drew your names out of a hat and whoever you killed, you got their names. People going to great lengths, like hiding in dumpsters at the crack of dawn, waiting for people to like bring their car out, stuff like that. So I've always been obsessed with assassination. Never gotten to play it, but I would love to play it like as an organic group thing that builds and builds and builds where we just add more people to it every year. So you want group assassination. I'm surprised we've never actually played. It's a great con game for people you haven't seen in a while. You're picking me up from the airport, we drive over there together, we rent the van, we unhaul everything. It doesn't make sense, but if you and I were on a team against Don or Lindsay or who else do we see over there a lot? We see... Uh, Bored with Life. Bored with Life, Jason Katarski, Plaid Hat, all of our sort of friends in the industry. That would be fun because you never know who's showing up when, when are they getting there? Is so-and-so here yet? Boom, they just shot you. Yes, they are here. That way, instead of just saying, hey, and giving a hug, your hellos would be uh, from behind throat slit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be really intense. It'd be nerve wracking going in, everyone driving in to the back of the showroom slowly, looking in their rearview mirrors, unloading <laughs> crap. We'd probably end up not seeing any of our friends at all. Everybody would be hiding the whole time, trying to avoid each other so they didn't get killed. 
it would help with the unemployment rate because people would start hiring people to set up their booths for them so that they wouldn't be victims of assassination. It's an interesting idea. I'm excited about Origins. What else do we have to do before Origins? Because we're recording this on Monday and this episode is going out on Tuesday. So what are we supposed to do before Wednesday, which is when we go out to Origins? The biggest thing doesn't even have anything to do with Origins. Origins is just the deadline. We need to get the That's Not Lemonade Kickstarter up and running. What? That's Not Lemonade Kickstarter. We want that up and running by Tuesday night. We better get on that thing. What do you think we should do for pledge levels? Ooh. This has been an ongoing, evolving, sort of philosophical debate that we've been having for a while, which is pledge levels at every area. There's a thing called anchoring in the industry where you have a cheap level and expensive level, and you sort of target people towards the middle level. But another interesting thing is keeping it simple, having one pledge level or two pledge levels where it's just the game, and that's it. And we are thinking about going with the simpler version for that supplementary because it's such a simple game. It's a simple, affordable, super light, super fun game, and we don't want to complicate it with 80 pledge levels about t-shirts and bundles and that sort of thing. We're still going back and forth on it, so I guess you'll find out what we decided. By the time this episode comes out, so that's crazy to think about, by the time knaves, knights, and listeners alike are listening to this, you can just hop on over to our Kickstarter for That's Not Lemonade. I don't want to ask the public what they want, because the public would probably say the same thing. You should have tons of stretch goals because I want to know that my dollar's going further. So if I ask more people to come and join the campaign, that I get more bang in my box. But I don't think we're going to do that, Sean. I understand it primarily for miniatures games, where the cost of scale sort of works in your favor for producing more miniatures or more molds or more art. In a game as super light as this, You don't want more stuff added. You don't want more content. You want it out. You want it fast. You want it affordable. Tell people about this game because it's fun and it's light and you want to see us succeed. We're not trying to pump up the Kickstarter as high as it can through like artificially adding a lot of stretch goals. We want the game to do well because it does well. I think there are games in the future that will really warrant a lot of cool stretch goals, but I think we're learning to say, what does this game need? What does this game want? And really approaching every Kickstarter game as its own unique individual thing. I like what you said. It's a really simple game, so we're keeping the Kickstarter really simple. It's thematic that way. But I also remember a time when I got my first car. It was a hand-me-down. It was this big green Buick. It's called the Green Banana. I remember thinking, this is my first car. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pimp my ride, yo! I'm going to get a nice sound system, subwoofer, boom, 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 boom. Maybe get some hydraulics, some interior beaver lights. I'm going to go the whole nine yards. And then my father, I'll never forget what he said. He stopped me and said, Son, am I understanding you correctly? You want to go ahead and put money into your grandmother's old Buick? Yeah, Dad. It's my first car, I said. He says, let me tell you something, son, and I want you to remember this. You cannot buff a turd. (laughs) So I'm not saying that our game's a turd, but it's so simple that if we try to put all these bells and whistles with extra stretch goals, it's so tight and compact, I don't know what else we could do. It comes with six 
mini solo cups. It comes with all the cards you need. It's just nice, tight, and complete. So I don't want to buff that thing. We've actually spent a lot of time working on this game as a product, not just as a game, but as like a nice object to own. It's got a nice vacuum tray. It's got the six mini cups. It's got card stock character cards. It's got a nice deck. They all fit nice and tight in the box. It's got a great, beautiful sort of form factor. And that's all stuff I think we could add in as stretch goals. Ooh, we'll add a cool vacuum tray. Oh, we'll add in more components, more cups. But I think for this game, we just wanted to say we've made the best game we can made it as beautiful as we can make it we've kept the price as low as we can keep it this is what it is you like it or you don't want to do some interaction satisfaction yes howdy it's time for interaction satisfaction shoot us your emails your comments or your questions we'll do our best to answer them Interaction satisfaction. Because we're live, I don't have it in front of me, in front of my computer, but basically I remember we had some listeners, some knaves. There's more than one person. We'll just say, what are the generic names of dead bodies? John and Jane Doe. John and Jane Doe, right? So what are your thoughts on Anita Sarkeesian being a guest of honor at Gen Con? You haven't heard of this, Sean? I've heard of Anita Sarkeesian. She was at XOXO Fest when we went. She was at XOXO Fest. Originally, from my understanding, Anita Sarkeesian is controversial because she pointed out double standards in the video game industry. For example, I know one big thing was how female characters are dressed in video games versus the way male characters are dressed. And the amount of female protagonists versus male protagonists. And she brought attention to this. And because of that, some people were really unhappy, gave her death threats found out where she lived, I thought, was at one point. Maybe I'm misrepresenting this. That's my understanding. Do you have anything to add to the origins of the Anita Sarkeesian Gamergate genesis? She came out and wanted to publish tropes about women in video games and pop culture, and people responded with, like, rape and death threats and doxing, and that's, like, almost never the appropriate response to life. What's doxing? Doxing documents is where the term comes from, I believe, but doxing is putting your personal information out in the public, like where you live and your phone number and that kind of shiznit. Right. She's coming to Gen Con, and a lot of people are pissed. And other people are pissed that other people are pissed. This is the news. You haven't heard any of this? I can already tell which side of this I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, why are the people pissed that she's coming? Because now she's bringing all of that Gamergate attention that she brought to the video game world to the board gaming world. The idea was, hey, board gaming world, we don't need all the trouble that you brought to the video gaming world. And maybe I'm misrepresenting. But in short, that's been my take of what the controversy is. Basically, making waves where waves shouldn't be made. Yeah, I I think that's dumb. I just think if you're pissed that she's there, I would really be curious to hear why, because it just sounds like a dumb stance. The main argument I've heard is that it will cause controversy, but that's so weird that you're getting upset that it will cause controversy, but that in of itself is the controversy? Yeah, that's just dumb. Controversy in of itself is not a negative thing. Controversy means we disagree about something. I think people should be welcome at Gen Con? Let's suppose it's not even Anita Sarkeesian. Let's suppose it's the worst person possible. And I'm only making this analogy to prove a point. I'm not suggesting Anita Sarkeesian is Adolf Hitler. 
But let's suppose Gen Con said, hey, guest of honor, Adolf Hitler. What do you do? I would boycott Gen Con. I would pull Tuesday Night Games sponsorship. We wouldn't go. We'd tell people not to go. I would pick it. I'd call people and say, hey, you should remove Gen Con's license to operate in the state of Indiana. I mean, we're talking about Adolf Hitler. Right. This is the most extreme example that we can think of. Sure. But what if you know some people that are going because they want to support Hitler? What do you do then? What if you find out some of your friends are saying, oh, Hitler, I gotta go. Yeah, I shouldn't be friends with those people. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the most extreme example. What is the inappropriate thing to do? The inappropriate thing to do, honestly, is to be like, well, you know, Everybody should get a shot at being a guest of honor at Jedcon. I mean, we'll just go. It's not that big a deal, you know? We've got to show up. I think there's a danger to normalizing. We're talking about Hitler, right? Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the most dangerous thing to do is, like, give Jedcon your money and say, like, yeah, this guy should have a platform. And I'm not going for Hitler. I'm going for Fantasy Flight. The fact that Hitler's going there, I don't care about. I don't care about any of that. I'm just going because I want to go to Jedcon. You're saying that is bad. I think there's this nerd thing, and we see it a lot in the RPG community, where people go like, oh, why can't games just be games? And I'm all about that sort of mindset, but certain things are overtly political acts, like having Hitler be your guest of honor at JetCon. So we've established maybe Continuum. We have just Joe Schmo, who has no political affiliation, doesn't raise any ire with anyone whatsoever. Another John Doe is a guest of honor. Never heard of him. Most people never have. On the other end, we have Hitler. Is it that cut and dry? Is this a dichotomous thing where, oh, it's someone I don't really care about, doesn't matter, and there's Hitler, we should boycott, or is there plenty of range in between? Is this a continuum, or is this a light switch of on or off? There's probably a continuum until you get to a switch where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, no. So let's apply that to Anita Sarkeesian. Is she Hitler, the extreme one end? Is she John Doe, the other end? Or is she somewhere in between? I mean, she's like nowhere close to Hitler. So she hasn't met that threshold that you were talking about where it's now light switch and you should go or you shouldn't go based upon your support for that individual. I'm just like not even like, it's hard for me to talk about this without saying like, just being extreme in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing to me. Like somebody who's extremely for everybody having tons of money and somebody who's extremely for killing black people are not equally bad because they're both extremists. I wouldn't even put her anywhere. Like, she is a person that some people hate, and those people probably have a lot of issues, and we shouldn't be listening to them about who should come to Gen Con or not come to Gen Con. So here's my whole point, Sean. You have the continuum with a threshold, whereas you get closer and closer to Hitler, you start protesting, we should not go to a show. Anita Sarkeesian is a long way from Hitler. So what is going on in people's lives is what I want to know that makes Anita Sarkeesian so bad that it evokes this, we need to protest, we need to boycott Gen Con and not go. And if you do go to Gen Con, even if you don't know who Anita Sarkeesian is, you're a bad person for vicariously supporting her by supporting Gen Con who's promoting her as a guest of honor. Is she really that bad? No, not even close. So again, please write us in podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. That was my whole point of making the whole Hitler thing. Once you start actively protesting and it's met that threshold, you have to have really good reasons as to why people should be joining you in that protest. And maybe I'm totally ignorant. I want to know those reasons. Nerds are bad, man. 
Star Wars fans are shitty, board game fans are shitty, video game fans are shitty. We have a very toxic fan base. Not like we personally, but like, it's a very large fan base built around buying stuff, and there's a really bad element to it, and it rears its head on stuff like Gamergate, and even things where it's like, ah, you know, like the girl who's being harassed because of Star Wars. Oh yeah, she quit Twitter. You're talking about uh, the Rose, Rose yes, character? Rose. Yeah. We should ask our friends who are on the other side of that issue what they think, just so we can get their perspective. I do want to know why anyone would give a shit whatsoever. Please let us know. Right in. Yeah, I'd like to understand your position here. It's exhausting, because I don't think we're going to change anyone's mind by talking about Anita Sarkeesian or our points. Well, certainly not as poorly researched as we have. I think there are things we could talk about that are controversial, where we could say, we've both done some research, we've looked into this, here's our stance, here's what we think people could do. But sometimes we're just reacting, and I think that's like the poorest way to do it, where you say, what do you think about this thing? It's like, I didn't even know that happened. Here's my off-the-cuff response, and I don't really know the people involved. And it's just like, you're a part of the story of like, oh, everyone's talking about it. And that's kind of exactly what I just put you in. I put you in that position right here now, because you didn't even know. You didn't even hear about this whole Anita Sarkeesian coming to Gen Con. So what we heard from you was a very genuine off-the-cuff response of, here's my uninformed, unresearched response. Not really necessarily trying to change minds, but there you have it. Yes, my uninformed, unresearched response is that if you're mad... Your dumb response is what I'm trying to say, Sean. <laughs> yeah, if you're mad, she's coming. You, you need to examine that, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Gen Con did this on purpose just to create controversy because controversy would sell more tickets? No, because they sold out last year. So, like, I don't think they have any financial incentive to do anything. I agree. Also, she wrote a module, an adventure for Betrayal on the Hill. Did you know that? Oh, cool. I haven't played that game. I'd really like to. You've never played Betrayal House on the Hill? I think it's long. Is that right? And the big, the two things I've heard is that it's long. And if the person who's the like betrayer doesn't understand the rules, it can like completely ruin the game. Former, not so much latter, definitely, because SBJ had that exact complaint. Typically, Murphy's Law is the person who's least into the game and least knowledgeable about games ends up being the betrayer. They get past the rule book and they just have to say, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I didn't come over here just to read. So I would play with board game industry friends. I'd play with you and Don and Lindsay Road and, you know, Isaac Vega or whoever and like really get into it. That would be a lot of fun, but I wouldn't like break it out with my family. That's a good call. I'm excited to do the Mothership live recording, and you just had an episode of Mothership play on Board With Life Adventures, so we can get a double whammy filling of Mothership, because you can listen to the Mothership episode, Board With Life Adventures, right? Meow! And that's going to be a really cool thing because we've done a couple playcasts on Season of Night, but we haven't perfected what we think is going to be our form of how we present role-playing games or gaming live on the show. And I think you've got some really good ideas of how you want to play with the podcasting forum to make a really good role-playing podcast or Let's Play podcast. So I'm really excited to see what we do with the Mothership. Are you suggesting that this is like Podcast Wars? where they should listen to the Board With Life Adventures and listen to our episode of Mothership? Compare and contrast? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Podcast Wars! Sean, you're vicious. I can't believe you're so cutthroat as to suggest such a thing. I just think it'll be interesting to see what you do. I know that you've had a lot of ideas and you have a lot of opinions about like how to do a... What do we call it? A Let's Play? 
Tuesday night plays. Uh, yeah, like a Tuesday night playcast. You have a lot of ideas that you want to see. And I am not convinced as to whether those will work or not because we haven't seen them. Some of them are so new that it's like, I don't know if that'll work. That sounds good, but we need to hear it. So I'm really interested to see what the results of these experiments are. We'll find out. And because now you've made it a competition, Sean, I got to spend a lot of time editing it so I can beat Donald. Way to put that pressure on me, man. Thanks for nothing. Absolutely did not put that pressure on you. What are you talking about? You're the one who's saying podcast wars over there. Are you going to record interviews with people at the show like you normally do? I think so. Yeah. So maybe that episode will be the buffer between this episode and the Mothership episode. Very cool. I'm excited. Me too. Ba-da-ding, ba-da-ding. Kickstarter is live, so please, if you can, check out That's Not Lemonade on Kickstarter, right? Meow! And if you're going to Origins, check out Mothership, That's Not Lemonade. Get yourself some World Championship Russian Roulette, Necroboomicon. You can get two rooms and a boom. As always, booth 645. Woo! I think that's pretty good. Check. If you want to follow the podcast, what do you do? We're on Twitter at at PlayTKG, and you can email us at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. This was episode 135 of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Please email us whenever you can. And I think with that being said, this episode is... Finished. Nice seeing you in person, Sean. Shutting it off. <laughs> 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 <laughs>